It's the More Than Medicine Podcast with Dr. Chung. Hello and welcome to episode number 15 of the More Than Medicine Podcast. Today's episode is very topical for those of us who are living in wintry Melbourne. Uh, It's the topic of coughs and colds. And I'm sure plenty of us have had a bit of a sniffly nose or even suffered a cold or a virus or even COVID over the last two to three months as the weather's gotten cooler. Before we go into today's episode, just a quick reminder that all of the information provided in this podcast is purely of educational and entertainment purposes. Any information that you obtain should be run past your regular GP or family doctor to ensure that it is relevant to your personal circumstances. Now, before I go into today's topic, it's worth just recapping the NMMM model, four pillars that are important in making sure that you are as healthy as possible and able to defend yourself from these viruses that are floating around the community at the moment. The first N stands for nutrition. This is all about what you eat and drink every day. And importantly, making sustainable habits so that you can have more fresh fruit, vegetables, and clean water, and minimize the amount of processed food that you have in your diet. The first M stands for movement. And it's important even in these cold months to try to do some daily physical activity that gets your heart going, helps you to stretch your muscles, and relieves stress which leads to the second m which is mindset and mindset is about the psychology of how you approach situations we've spoken about how to reduce stress through things like meditation and mindfulness but also how one's perspective can change how one appreciates certain situations and the final m is motivation And motivation is that driving force that guides your activity throughout the day, making sure that those motivations are more directed to the bigger picture rather than short-term focus, if possible, and also seeing if those motivations can involve people outside of yourself. So let's get back onto our topic today, coughs and colds. What is a cold or a viral illness? And what causes them? So colds are generally viral illnesses. They're little viruses that get into our body, usually through our mucous membranes. These are things like our nose, sinuses, mouth, throat, and even through our eyes. And common viruses that you may have heard of include things like rhinovirus, RSV, or respiratory syncytiovirus, influenza, and of course, coronavirus or COVID-19. What happens is your body is exposed to these viruses and they will then interact with your immune system. And if they manage to get through that, they will then go into the rest of your body and start to produce different symptoms. So common symptoms that people can get, and I'm sure that you've experienced this in the past, are things like a snotty nose, muscle aches and pains, sore throat, cough, headache, fever, and at a more severe level, 
symptoms like shortness of breath, significant weakness, and dizziness. These symptoms are generally just annoying, but they can take people out from being able to do their work or other activities, sometimes for between three to even a week or two weeks at a time. And it's important to recognize that a lot of these symptoms are related to your body trying to fight the virus. For example, a fever is actually your body trying to turn the temperature up to speed up your immune system in its ability to fight this virus that's there. Things like your snot that come out of your nose and phlegm from your throat are an effort of your body to try and battle and get rid of these viral particles that are trying to build up within your body. It's important to know that there are a few common errors that people assume with regards to these symptoms. The most common that I hear at work is when someone tells me that their mucus, either coming out of their nose or their throat, has turned yellow or green, and that this must mean that it's become a very serious bacterial infection. Now, sometimes this can be the case. However, in the vast majority of situations, when your mucus starts to turn a different color, it's not due to a bacterial infection, but actually due to the battle that's going on within your body and the white blood cells are actually dying off and changing color within your mucus. So the next time you do see this, don't see it as something that's bad. It could actually be a good sign that the battle is starting to be won by your immune system. And it kind of makes sense because often we do start off with clear mucus and then it starts to change color towards the end of the illness. Now, generally, these symptoms can be managed with some symptomatic treatment, and I'll go into that a little bit later in the podcast. However, it is important to note that sometimes a virus can become more serious and does warrant both medical attention or even hospital admission. This is typically more relevant in the younger and older parts of our population. So I'm just going to go through a few simple red flags to look out for to know if you need more than just some home remedies for this virus that you're fighting. So in a baby or a child, it's important to look at a couple of things. The first being how hard it is for this child to breathe. And when a doctor looks at a child, particularly under the age of 12 months, they look for this thing called work of breathing. Now, I won't go into too much detail because it's important that you do get it reviewed by your GP. But generally, imagine what you would look like if you've just sprinted 400 meters right at the end. What do you look like? Well, typically, your ribs will be flaring. You might be breathing very quickly. Your stomach is going to be sucked in and going in and out rapidly. And if it's really, really hard, you'll start to actually tire and you won't be able to, for example, cry properly or even breathe enough to get that oxygen in. The other thing to look for in a child, but also in an adult, is the amount of intake and output from the child. So how much are they drinking fluid-wise and how much urine are they creating? 
the general rule of thumb is if a child or a baby is running at about less than 50% of their usual input or output of wet nappies, you'll probably want to get them checked out by the doctor or even if it's very low, get looked at in emergency department or hospital. Once again, these are very rough guidelines and it's very important that you do check this with your doctor if you're concerned in any way. But I think it's important to get a few ideas of what is considered normal versus abnormal, particularly in children. Now on the opposite end of the spectrum, as people get older, their immune systems do tend to deteriorate, especially if they have other health conditions, things like diabetes, heart disease, or lung problems. So in the elderly, we're really looking at a couple of things. How is this person going to be able to cope at home if they're too weak or they're going to struggle with simple things like feeding themselves or showering? They definitely need to be reviewed by their doctor. One of the most important questions that a doctor or a GP needs to kind of understand is, does this illness require antibiotics? Now, in the past, any cough and cold, whether it was the slight run of runny nose or a full-blown pneumonia, would warrant a script of some antibiotics. However, over recent years, we've started to realize that this may have ended up doing much more harm than good. That's because the vast majority of these illnesses are caused by viruses. You can hear it in the name. Respiratory virus, syncytial virus, rhinovirus, coronavirus. And the thing about antibiotics is they are very effective medications, but only against bacteria. And bacteria are actually a completely different organism to viruses. So essentially giving antibiotics for a viral illness not only does it do nothing against the virus, it can also cause significant side effects, things like diarrhea, nausea, people can have allergies, you can get other infections, things like thrush, for example. And finally, using antibiotics too frequently can actually increase the risk of a thing called antibiotic resistance. This is where the bacteria that were already there start to get too used to these antibiotics that you've used regularly and they stop working. And this means that in the future, you have to use stronger and stronger antibiotics to get the same results, often with higher side effects. So when you are asking your doctor for antibiotics, it's important to understand why sometimes they may say that it's not necessary and in fact, that they may put you at more harm than good. So what can you do if you've got one of these viruses? Well, there's quite a few things that you can do to both make yourself feel more comfortable and also to hopefully get better a little bit quicker. But before I go into that, I'd like to actually bring up a bit of an analogy as to why people tend to get sick so often or on the flip side, not often at all. We all know of those people who essentially every winter, they seem to have a cold every single week. And on the flip side, there are people who seem to never get a cold, even when they're exposed to people who are sick around them. And the best way to sort of explain this is with this idea I like to call the castle wall analogy. 
So if you imagine that your body is like a castle and around this castle is a stone wall. Now, this stone wall is there to protect us from insults, things like viruses and bacteria and other infections within the environment. And the higher the wall is, the more likely you're going to be able to fend off something before it can actually cause an infection. Or even if it does, not much gets through and you only have a mild illness. On the flip side, if you've got a very low wall, well then, anytime you get exposed to any of these viruses or bacteria, you'll get the full-blown illness. And sometimes it can be quite serious. We are exposed to viruses in the environment all the time. And the, the recent COVID pandemic has made this especially clear. But even before then, just walking through any shopping center, you're likely to be exposed to lots of different viral particles. So why don't people get sick all the time? Well, it's because of this wall. And this wall is dynamic, which means that you can build this wall up so that it's really high and strong, or you can lower it so that it makes it very easy for viruses to get in. What are some of the things that help to build this wall? Well, interestingly, a lot of it's got to do with the NMMM model. So number one, nutrition. You've got to make sure that you try and eat a nutritious diet. These little minerals and vitamins that are in things like uh, fruit, vegetable, and uh, you know, high quality protein help the immune system to fight and protect you from viruses. Ensuring that you drink enough fluid will make sure that the organs within your body are able to function effectively. Something else that's very important is sleep. And I've spoken about sleep in one of my previous podcasts. Exercise is also incredibly beneficial for building the wall. What you can do from a 15 to 20 minute workout can really improve both the blood vessels, the heart, the lungs, and the immune system within yourself. And finally, stress. Stress is a big factor as to why people get sick. It's not uncommon for people to say that they feel run down due to work or personal stresses. And inevitably, they start to catch a cold and then become sick and they're out of it for a good week or two. One other really important line of defense are vaccines. Vaccines are basically a way of training the soldiers that are within your castle to identify and recognize specific viruses that are trying to get in and cause illness. And by training the immune system in this way, it can both prevent as well as reduce the severity of a lot of these different illnesses. So make sure that you do get the vaccines that you are eligible for. Uh, in particular, right now, it's the flu vaccine and the COVID vaccine to make sure that you have as little chance of that virus getting over your wall. So let's say that you have picked up a virus and you've started to get some of the symptoms, the sore throat, the runny nose, the fever, and just feeling very weak and tired. What can you do? Well, the first thing which no one really likes to hear is that you will need to rest. Often this virus is just a sign that you've been run down and that your body can just not handle 
the stresses that it's been going under. It's kind of a forced emergency break for a lot of people. So rest means getting enough sleep, trying to reduce the activities that you're doing, and even taking a break from exercise. In fact, it's usually not a good idea to exercise or do too much vigorous physical activity when you're sick. The other thing that's really important is to make sure that you hydrate because you're gonna be losing quite a bit of fluid, often through things like sweating from fevers, all of the mucus that you're blowing out of your nose into those hundreds of tissues, and even sometimes some nausea or diarrhea that can come in from a viral illness. Water is very good, but sometimes it's also good to supplement with a little bit of a rehydration solution. Things in Australia like hydrolyte and gastrolyte can be very helpful because you're often losing salt as well as water and you need to replace these to fully rehydrate. Now, apart from those two things, the rest of the treatments are generally directed towards managing symptoms. So for example, if you've got a sore throat, you can try gargling something, things like the betadine sore throat gargle, or even just some salt water can be quite helpful to reduce the pain in your throat. Something as simple as honey, which is safe for adults and children over the age of 12 months can be quite soothing for the throat and sometimes can also help with some of the cough that people are experiencing. Using something like steam or even a sinus rinse, which is basically a little plastic bottle that you put a salt water solution in and you flush your sinuses out from one nostril out to the other can be very effective in reducing the congestion that people feel within their sinuses and allow your immune system to actually clear out the virus more quickly. And finally, with regards to the cough, unfortunately, there's not a lot of great treatments for the cough that people get with a virus. Sometimes it can be helpful to use some puffers that we would use in someone with asthma, but it's best to speak to your GP regarding this. Over-the-counter cough medicines in general do not really help very much and sometimes can make things worse, particularly in young children who need to cough to get the mucus out of their lungs and their chest. Of course, let's not forget simple pain relief, things like paracetamol or ibuprofen can be helpful as long as it's safe with your other medical conditions to help with both fevers and aches. So that brings us to the end of the podcast and it really hopefully covers a few things that could be helpful for this current flu season. We've spoken about what causes a cough and cold, what kind of symptoms that we can expect, what are some things to watch out for that may mean that you need to get a little bit more help either from your regular doctor or from a hospital environment? The use of antibiotics in the context of viral illnesses. How to prevent getting these viruses as often as we do. In particular, the knowledge of the castle wall analogy. And some of the things that can be done to help treat the symptoms, as well as hopefully reduce the duration of your cough and cold. So thanks for tuning in. Please stay safe and I'll speak to you next time. Thanks for joining me. The More Than Medicine Podcast with Dr. Chuck.